is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Banmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist who is as known as the time queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. Today, we have a very special guest today. Please welcome AJ Amix here with us in Get Unstuck Radio. So AJ is a best-selling author, one of the top coaches in the world, and also he's a brand manager of Social Glow. So today, you may be wondering why we want to know about Social Glow today. You know, there are many social media and also course hosting support this day for coaches consultant or course creator but the thing is that we need community right we need community to support and also to help our clients get result but how can we keep them stick around so we will try our best to discover the secret of this mystery today so please welcome AJ to get us stuck with you today hi AJ I'm Utita. I'm excited to be here. Crazy thing uh, that's totally not relevant to this conversation, but kind of relevant is in college. I, I did. I was in a video editing class, and we had to create a commercial. And we created a commercial for a product that we called Unstucker, which was this uh, product that was totally fictitious that you would spray on a tire, and it would help you get unstuck out of mud. So this random little tangent about unstuck, since we're on the Unstuck podcast. That's pretty cool. See, we have something related already since the beginning. <laughs> okay, so before out of the blue, how you started your entrepreneurial journey, though? You know, it's been um, it's been a journey. Like I, I don't have like this crazy epiphany um, moment. I've done uh, rock music professionally, where we had um, record offers and a tour bus and radio play, and then I transitioned into social media and built a social media marketing agency. Um, and then got super burnt out and then uh, hired my first coach in 2012, which was Garrett J. White, who runs a company called Wake Up Warrior now. Uh, and then he taught me how to train and teach and run small events. And then so it's just kind of been this ever evolving process of teaching people skill sets um, that I've learned and then realizing you give certain people skill sets, but some people get results and some don't. And then what's the difference? And it was like, well, maybe it's their mindset. So then I dove into mastering mindset and and that journey and then i realized you give people skill sets and mindsets and still some people wouldn't get results and what was it and that then came into like the very deep unconscious filters that drove their behaviors and so it's ultimately just kind of led me to to coaching um to where for the past 12 years i've been coaching individuals from um forbes top social media examiners to multimillionaires to a 17 year old kid and this has kind of been my journey as, as I'm pushing my own edge for growth and potential and creating life, um, learning lessons, and then always reaching back and sharing what I'm teaching. So do you think the key of coaching to get results, what really is? What's the key for getting results? Yeah. 
Since you mentioned that. I think um, for me, it's getting extremely clear on what we want uh, first and foremost. And I think a lot of people, they don't, they don't really actually know what they want. I, I have found after coaching um, a lot of people from all over the world, uh, some very successful, amazing people. It's very interesting because oftentimes it seems as if we're creating something in business to offset the, this internal feeling that we have that's typically running unconsciously that we're like, well, we're not, we're not okay here, like in the body. Like when we really start getting quiet and we really start being with ourselves and feeling what we feel or thinking what we think, there's this sense of I'm not okay in, in here. So let me go out there and change the circumstances in which I'm experiencing because if I can change that, well, then I'll be okay. And there, there's this driving force typically for people to create things. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's part of the beingness of being human. Um, so it's just really, I think, understanding the kind of this at a, at a deeper level, getting really clear on what is it that you really, really actually want. Um, not because you're trying to offset, offset something of not feeling okay in here, like being okay in here, no matter what happens out there. And then still asking the question, what is it that you want to experience? And then trusting in yourself and your ability to go out and get the skill sets and the mindsets and what I would call the body sets, the emotional intelligence to actually start creating that reality. Mm. When you have that, when you or your clients like into that journey of figuring out what you actually want, having to figure that out by yourself or thinking that along with others, which one actually faster or better in your opinion? My experience is anytime we can involve another person in the process, um, it has to be a special person particularly, uh, the better. And so what I mean by that is we can't see what we can't see and we don't know what we don't know. And so when we can have another person in our world who's willing to kind of serve as this mirror and help us see what we can't see and help us discover what we don't know that we don't know, we start opening up this whole box of unlimited potential, this box of unlimited possibilities that actually helps us start moving, creating things faster than we would ever see by ourselves. Now, the crazy thing is, is like, yeah, you could go hire um, an amazing coach to help you. And I, I would recommend that. And also, if you if you have an awareness of just, just being willing uh, to see what you don't know, what you don't know or, or stay in a place where you're open and curious, um, it seems like life itself kind of mirrors back to you if you're willing to see it. Have you have you ever came across some people that okay, I'm I'm willing to open once, but then they're not open it again. Like it's not yeah. as consistent as they wanted to do for. I I think that's all of us, uh, myself yeah. included, right? Uh, there's always this seems to be this possibility where like yes, I'm going to stay open, I'm going to be coachable, uh, I'll be open to new possibilities. Um, and then we hit, we face basically this this dragon, right? Something's released from our unconscious, something that we've been afraid of. Maybe it challenges our conditioning. Maybe it challenges our belief system. Maybe it challenges our identity. And now we're faced with a choice. Are we going to commit and be committed to remaining open and curious and and seeing, well, what what does this have for me? What could be here for me? Because it may or may not. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say that it does. It's just like, Am I going to be committed to just staying curious? And so I think part of the key of, of this is just be willing to recommit. Because uh, the thing is, is there's going to be times when it's going to feel too scary. 
and we may retract and that's totally fine. It's natural. It's part of the process. And then once we have an awareness that we have retracted, can we recommit to the process and lean back in? And so I find time and time again, the most successful people, they just have a tendency to recommit faster and faster and faster. Like even like in spiritual circles, as I was listening to Ramdas talk even just this morning, and uh, he was talking about how the whole spiritual journey is just basically falling on your face and getting back up again, falling on your face and getting back up again. And I think this is part of the beingness of being human, right? But yet often we take it personal. We take it, uh, yeah, we take it personal. We, we take offense to it rather than just realizing, cool, I, I fell on my face. It means nothing about me. Totally fine. Let me recommit, get up and move on. And the faster we can do that, the faster we're just kind of staying in this continual process of creation. Mm. Continual process of recreation. Wow, that's a good phrase though. Yeah, I'm thinking along with you along the way. Oh. So in that case though, it's somehow to avoid, take it personally, meaning that to reduce, keeping it to yourself then. No, we, we even if we keep it to ourselves, we can still take it personal, no? Ah. So just because I don't express something doesn't mean that I'm not taking it personal. Taking something personal is a choice. Taking something personal is a choice. Okay. Yeah, I got that part. It's about perception that you perceive, right? Yes. From some someone that have opinion, opinion towards you, right? Exactly. And so everybody's going to have an opinion about me. Now, based upon their opinion, is it true or is it not true? Well... If I'm going to argue with them that their opinion of me is not true, well, now we're starting to communicate at this facts level where I'm saying, well, your facts about me are wrong because my facts about me are right. So now I need to engage in a conversation with you to prove and defend that my facts are the correct facts and your facts are the wrong facts. Another way to look at this is, the way I'm experiencing me is different than the way you're experiencing me. And my experience is better than your experience of me. Mm. There's, there's going to be no way we can, we can create connection, understanding, or even progress even from this positionality. Because there's the possibility rather than it being either they're right or I'm wrong or I'm right or they're wrong. What if there's a possibility that both people are right? Meaning my perspective of me is my perspective of me and another person's perspective me of, of me is their perspective of me. But just because they have a perspective of me that differs than the perspective I have of me, I'm still fine here. I know who I am and I know who I'm not. And even if I am feeling defensive, I can breathe and I can move the emotion and I can still be totally okay right here and right now. So there's really no need for me to go to war with you to convince you that your perspective of me is wrong or different than my perspective of me. Instead, I can stay open. Hmm, I wonder what, what are they seeing? What is this that they mean? Is it true? Is it not true? Is there, is there something here for me for growth? Is there a gift here for me? Or is this something I just discard and I move on, right? This is a place of power that I experience personally. And for a lot of the people I've coached, it's a whole new level of, of, of what we could call personal power or the ability to lead because we're choosing not to take things personal because we realize that at our core, we don't have anything to prove or defend. Just because somebody projects a perception of us doesn't mean that we have to lose ourselves. doesn't mean that we have to lose our center. The best example I could give of this, I, I remember being in high school and going through math class and at this point in time, so this would have been 2001, 2002, 
Um, and we had these overhead projectors and the teacher would write all the equations on the overhead projector and it would then project it on this screen that was behind her. And I remember I got up of class for some reason, I walked outside or something, I don't remember exactly. And then I walked in front of the projector screen. And as I walked in front of the projector screen, everything that she had written on the overhead projector had been projected on me all of these equations and she was using an orange marker or a purple marker red marker and these equations were on my shirt but here's the funny thing i didn't lose myself and be like oh i i don't even know if i'm a human anymore i mean i, I just turned into math equations like instead i i just kept walking went back and sat down in my chair but here's what so many people do in the game of being human in the game of life when they're projected upon they believe that they're the equation and then they start freaking out and then they start proving and defending that they're not the math equations rather than realizing, oh, wow, notice I have just been projected upon. It means nothing about me. I don't have to take it personal. I can choose this to move on. Or maybe there's something to learn from it. So it's just a small little illustration just to kind of illustrate what we're talking about. Got you. Yeah. I, I got the part that there's no right or wrong. It's all open yet. Yeah. Awesome. Here's the thing, though. How can I'm at the point where I would consider, no, not consider, <laughs> I would find the community that I feel safe to share. I think that's the keyword. I, I find the community that I would safe to share. So how can we know that this is the right community for us? It's a good question. So when it comes into community, how do we know if it's the right community um, for us? I think mm. this is going to come back to a little bit of like, well, what, what do you want? And if you know what you want, is this community, are they, or do they, are they on the journey with you trying to go to create this like-minded thing that all of you want? Does the, the leader or the founder of the community, do they, are they embodying that lifestyle, the principles, the values, um, the results that you want? And if so, then is the community, do, does it feel like a safe, supportive community? Which typically the community is going to take on the, the ethos typically of the founder of the community. So I have, I have experienced the more safe that I am with me being me, then the, the, the safer of a space I can hold for the entire community. Because the entire community typically is always a direct reflection of who the founder's being and how the founder is embodying their life. 100%, like 100%, because that is the hardest way to live, to be the yeah. true self. Like anyone, anyone who have never experienced like the change, the major change many times, it's, it's so hard. Like I, I had car accidents a year ago mm. and that's totally, changed my life like until right now i have a relapse of leg and hip pain that still cannot have you ever watched house md i'm not yes. sure how... so i can really relate because i'm on the right leg like him that he have to relapse on the uh what um the painkiller but i was an addict though not, not don't get me wrong but I get the point where I don't use a crane and I have to go back using the crane out of nowhere. And I'm like on and off like that. And I was like, I couldn't figure it out why, where the pain come from. It because of the environment, it's because of the doctor misdiagnosed or it's because of me behaving. Like these things are totally, 
I'm trying to be in control and off control. Like it's about who I surrounding with and who I share. So I totally get what you are saying right here. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's journey for real. Like coming back to figure it out what you want, and you know, like this podcast and the whole journey of like being really get unstuck is how can you put your life first before. Your business before other things, because it's so hard already to live and to enjoy every minutes of your life, because you don't know how long it's gonna be, right? True. Yeah, but how can you enjoy other thing else since you already know how you want to live your life? Then, so how can you improve and also enjoy your business and the things that you love? And also want to like wake up and helping others every single day because we live in a society, right? The key of what I see in many communities, especially online, is that they are totally they are mostly a ghost town, as I have seen. Like very low engagement. Very, I'm not sure whether it's about target audience or the content. I'm not really sure why, but I have seen the relapse. Like. Sometimes there is a peak time. Sometimes there is a down time. That um, some group they they can keep going high. There will be like some uh, big fan, raving fans that always commenting. That can be uh, like characteristic. That like would be a like high rank star, you know, within the community. But that's what I have observed. So from your uh, from your experience, and you are the expert here. How can we keep the community engaged? You know, it would be more fun that every time you log in and you see your friends, like your best friend, all the time, that still keep the hype going. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see a, a lot of um, you know people are using Facebook to build their communities, and um, what's happening is, of course, you're serving the algorithm typically more than the community, right? You're because the mm -hmm. algorithm deciding what content is it going to show? And then based upon how fast people like it, how fast people comment on it, how much engagement you get um, is going to be dependent if Facebook even shows the content that you've created for your members to them in the first place. And so this, this is a problem because typically in order to create high engagement on Facebook using Facebook groups, um, you're basically living to appease the algorithm gods on a, on a daily basis, right? Rather than serving your community and it gets exhausting. And so there's ways to do that strategically, like there's ways to create community and, and in encouraging people to comment or going live inside the group and doing little um, like micro commitments every single uh, minute, every two or three minutes where you're like, hey, if this is making sense, comment below. And people are like, oh, this is making sense. And you teach, you know, another three minutes of content or two minutes of content. You're like, now share what is your biggest takeaway in the comments below. And so you're training your community, of course, to engage with your content, which gets your content served to more of your people. And in my experience, it's just annoying. But the other problem is with the ghost towns of Facebook communities is Facebook just isn't even giving the members of the community notifications. They're just, it's not. There's so many people are in groups and then they're not even, they don't even get a notification where they're like, oh, new content has been posted in the group. Not to mention that they're members of a whole bunch of other groups um, that you know they just don't even pay attention notifications. So the, this is a, a huge problem. And then also the whole TikTok culture, the attention spans of people are completely shortened. So rather than people being used to like a two minute video, um, people want like a 10 second uh, piece of content and, and that's it. And the algorithm knows this. And so it's rewarding those who are creating this little 10 and 15 second little short form content. 
So those who are creating longer form content, well, that content's getting buried and buried and buried and buried, nobody's seeing it. So like, what's the solution? Um, I would move off of Facebook for creating community. And there's lots of different um, options for that. My current favorite, and yes, I am biased, my current, current favorite platform is Social Glow because there is no algorithm, there is no censorship. So you can lead a community that the way that you want. If you make a, a piece of content, whether it's image or video, all of the members are gonna see it. If they comment it, all of the members are gonna be notified. Um, and so I have seen just that one simple change uh, actually create really highly engaged communities because people know when they get a notification on their phone, um, they're like, oh, I this is for me. This is for my community. This is the, the you know, they're like basically the, the, the community is like a campfire and they know that the conversations are happening and they want to participate in those conversations because it's a community that they wanted to participate in. Um, so that's what I would say um, it would be the solution for getting off of or not having a community that's a ghost town. It's like get off of Facebook, find a platform that's going to serve your content to your people and make sure that you're creating an environment that kind of feels like this warm campfire where people feel comfortable and having conversations and wanting to discuss things and wanting to learn things with one another. What about, do you have any issue with people who not logging in often because it's not the platform that they not used to log in? Great question. Um, so the answer we is no. And here's the reason why. I am finding more and more and more people, they do not want to use Facebook. I have so many fitness coaches that I've talked to re recently who are using Social Glow for their communities. And the reason that they've they've reached out to us and they've built their community on Social Glow is because when they're selling their six-week boot camp, their potential customers are telling them, hey, are, can you do this not on Facebook? Because I just don't want to participate in Facebook anymore. And so this is an interesting thing that's happening too culturally is more and more people are not wanting to use um, Facebook and they want an off Facebook solution. So our solution at Social Glow to it was actually creating a mobile app and we have a great um, iOS and Android app. And so when people download the app, they get the push notification just like they would on Facebook. And so they know when they see the notification, this is for my community. This is the thing that I want to participate in rather than just kind of mindlessly scrolling. I think more and more people, at least in my circle, um, they're taking a lot more responsibility for where are they choosing to focus their time rather than just defaulting to just endlessly scrolling. What about the group size? Like how many people currently that works well for social growth? As many as, we, as you want. We have some people running very small communities or 20 or 30 people, and we have other people who are running communities of 20,000 or so. Um, oh, so it just, yeah, it just depends on how big of a community that you want to lead and, and nurture. So, okay. Thinking of also thinking about influencers, communities that like having those big followers for 20,000, how they manage with social glow then can you give us like some example with that yeah so they have they typically are running like a course and so they mm. have their course and they have their learning journey um, and then they're using the gamification features and creating different levels and then so then they're using the community for people posting their action items or using the community to answer questions or using community to continue to nurture those people um, they put their conversations in there and create different um, subchats or what I would call like chat threads of different topics. They're also taking those 20,000 people and they're creating like small accountability groups inside of the different chats features. And so they really are doing a very, very good job of just trying to create 
this personalized experience at scale. So you mentioned that uh, so they can do the accountability group inside the social glow as well. So yeah. if they have like a high ticket program that needs yeah. to have the client portal, it can be created inside. Yeah, totally glow. can. Yep. So inside the app, you have your courses that have to be attached to a community and which is automatically also attached to our chat feature. So the conversations happen all inside the single app. The coaching events happen inside the single app. The content happens inside the app. And then, then all of the course, course creation happens inside the app. So everything's all in one single place right there on their, their, their cell phone. What about resources uh, where the database hosted them? Yep. So Social Glow um, hosts all of the videos and the resources, whether it's audio or PDFs or whatever it is. Ah, so no need to link outside unless you prefer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And if you prefer to link outside, we have that capability, but there's no need to. Mm, but I see that you have Sapio integrated features as well. We do, yes. Oh, okay. Let me check. What about onboarding process? Like thinking about if they do, if the client, okay, let's say sign up for social glow and they want to do onboarding process. Okay. Assuming for coaching program, they would have like a onboarding calls or like, uh, what do they call it? Orientation call or something, right? And then sign a contract, like how this onboarding process could look like on social flow, social flow. Yeah, so for their onboarding process, like if somebody is running their onboarding process through Social Glow, um, I would create, I'd probably create um, a getting started like module or a getting started course, and I just call it a getting started. And then I would think through what are all of the things that you need somebody to do. Um, and then so then I would create a welcome video. I would then pass the vision of how this program is going to run and how to use the community and the courses and where to find everything. And then I'd create another video talking all about the contract and I would attach then the blank contract um, underneath the video. And then I would tell them to download it. And then I'd create an action item that would say signed contract and, and email it to so-and-so, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'd use gamification to then give them points for that. So I just think through what are all the different components of the onboarding experience. I'd create a getting started course and then when somebody pays, I would tell them, go to socialglow.com slash download, download the app, enter in your join code, you're taken into the community. Um, I would have a welcome post that would tell them in the video, I mean, the, 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 the community. So they have the first touch point that would point them to the getting started course. That would then be the onboarding. And then from there, they would have access to the different courses for whatever you're doing to, to fulfill things. Yeah, that's actually very linear though. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I like it. Yeah. In fact, I was just walking one of our customers. He's he's a software company. And so <laughs> he sells like $80,000 software. And so we he was using Social Glow for his entire onboarding process for his software. Ah, right. Do you do you guys have like, can we shake like the back end of like, okay, these students have gone to this process like LMS integrate as well? Yeah, we do have, we have a very basic level um, LMS currently. And so, yes, you can go in, go to the contact, see the students. You can see their progress through the course. You also can see what videos they've watched, what videos they haven't watched. Um, and so 
And that's why I like using chat features because if somebody's maybe two weeks in and you see that they've only completed maybe the getting started module, then you could just send them uh, a chat that would be like, hey, Mudita, I just saw that you're, you're still stuck on the getting started module. How can I help you? you know? And just send them a voice memo via chat that's going to show up inside their app. So that's what I'm saying. You, you kind of have this personalized experience. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So how you come up with this idea? I mean, I know that your friends are the CEO, but how you guys come up with this idea? There must be something that you guys want to solve. Yeah, well, we, it's actually kind of been the, a pivot process. And so we, we run another company called Post My Party. And so Post My Party, we have like, I don't know, 15 or 16,000 monthly members using Post My Party. And it's in the direct sales industry. And so it helps people automate their parties and Facebook groups. I um, mean, so over the years, a lot of those members were like, I wish we had a solution to run parties, but we could do it off of Facebook. So my friend Daniel Berg then built the software, which was Social Glow for the direct sales industry so they could run their direct sales online parties off of Facebook using their own app. So we took it to market to the direct sales people. And then we had a big objection, which is, well, nobody's going to um, come to the parties because they're not on Facebook. And we're like, but you said you wanted a solution. So we built it, but now you don't want it. And so for like a year, we kept trying to market it to the direct sales industry. Uh, and it just was not working at all. So he was like, dude, what are we going to do? And I'm like, man, if, if you had the ability to host courses and if you could build out a gamification platform, and I, we, we talked about what to gamify, uh, I think this would be amazing for course creators and coaches and membership owners. Like I, 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 there's not really a platform like this. And uh, this was in August of last year when we had this conversation, August of 2022. And um, he's like, okay, I can have it done by October. I'll have the dev team build out by October. I'm like, you guys gonna have it done in October? He goes, yeah. And so he did, he had the whole dev team pivot everything. Uh, and then so yeah, a year ago now, we, we launched this new version of Social Glow that was towards the coaches and the course creators and the membership owners, because I knew if they could put everything into a consolidated experience and they could gamify it and they could incentivize people, then they're going to increase their retention rates. They're going to increase their lifetime value of their customers. They're going to be able to create an amazing user experience that you're not going to be able to do with Kajabi or Thinkific or Teachable. Um, and you also could use the gamification and the incentivization features to start naturally warming people up into your higher ticket items. It's no like if you can think this way, which not everybody thinks this way, but if, you, if you're willing to learn how to think this way, then you're able to take a course or an onboarding experience and you're able to say, OK, well, now that you have 500 points, let's make those dollars and then you can apply those towards you know, a live event or the next course or money back on your original purchase. And so this is, again, all just ways to use technology to get people to do the things that we want them to do so they get results, so we get case studies, and it's creating like this culture that's very much a win-win. So in case anyone want to get try on the Social Glow, where can they find them? Yeah, just go to socialglow.com. Uh, we have a 30-day trial. You can you can schedule, I mean, just grab a trial. Uh, if you want to see a demo that's personalized to your business, you just go to socialglow.com. Uh, you can schedule a time to talk with me, and I'm happy just to spend some time and show you the software. Awesome. So thank you so much, AJ, for joining Get Unstuck Radio today. Yeah. So I hope anyone who stick around know already the sneak peek of how to keep your community engaged and also many tips, actually. So yeah, hope everyone get unstuck and see you in the next episode. 
I hope this episode inspire you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.